morning, I, I am excited about this message because uh, it is my hope, it is my prayer, and it is um, my goal to help everyone here to be fruitful and multiply in every aspect of your life, but more importantly, in your spiritual lives. I want you to be fruitful. But just real quick, uh, if you're wondering, Sister Jamie and Sister uh, Janae are gone. They're at a woman's retreat. They're getting refreshed and renewed. They're looking to see if that's something that we want to do. We're testing the waters, see if that's something we want to open up to the rest of the church. Uh, and if it is, we'll come back, we'll promote it. And so the next time around, uh, men, it might just be us. We'll send all the women. And we have some things coming up for uh, men as well. Please uh, stay tuned to that. Uh, things with guys, sometimes you get busy and say you don't have time, but you need time for iron to sharpen iron. Amen? So back to your fruitfulness. There's some key scriptures that I want to share with you today, and the, what I want to teach you is, is to, to understand that this is a process. There's a race. And, and in a race or in a process, either one you want to look at, there's training that, that is involved. There's endurance. There's dedication. There's discipline. Last week we talked about um, being stretched, being pulled, stepping out of our comfort zone. Sometimes when we do those things in ministry work, it is uncomfortable. If the string on the bow could talk, it doesn't like to be stretched. But it is most effective when it's stretched and stretched hard. Does that make sense? And that's the most uncomfortable. I, there was things in ministry I didn't want to do, but it, yeah, it was the call. There's times and opportunities that uh, church work is going to call, and you're going to miss the game or the thing, whatever it is, because you're putting God first. When you say yes, Scripture says, let your word be yes and amen. Yes, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Be true to your word. If you're not going to do it, I can respect that too. But let's be a person of our word. If you say you're going to do something, do it. Sometimes uh, doing ministry, doing uh, God's ministry, is going to require stepping out of your comfort zone. Sometimes you don't want to speak to that person in the store that the Lord keeps telling you to speak to. And you avoid it, and next thing you know it, they're at the gas station too. And you're like, okay, Lord, I hear you. And then, and then you just say, hi. Well, that's a start. Praise God. You've got to start somewhere. But wait till the Lord starts telling you in the middle of the Walmart parking lot, this guy who's limping by, he says, you want to see miracles? Pray for his knee. Right here? Yeah, right here. Right now? Yeah, right now. Holy Spirit's prompting. He's ready to pour through you. Are you going to do it? Are you going to be stretched? Are you going to step out of your comfort zone? Are you going to pray the prayer of faith? Today I'm going to talk about being rooted. Being rooted. This is interesting. The importance of being rooted. Um, yes, rooted in Christ. Rooted in the word. But also rooted in this church. Rooted. These are all equally important. By doing these, by being rooted, only can a tree bear fruit if it is in its root. I give you, for example, this plant right here that I found in my yard when I moved. Apparently, this was a leftover plant that never got planted. Therefore, it is 
brown, it is dead. It's supposed to be green like the ones we have up front. It's supposed to be flourishing. But because it didn't get planted, it is not green any longer. It's not even growing anymore. I see the stuff is just falling off, and it is dead, and, but it's still standing. Some people are dead on their feet and don't even realize it because they haven't been planted. They're floating around. They think they're alive, but they're not. Because here's the secret. Here's the, here's the element that I want to share with you. If you're not growing, you're dying. There's no standing still. It's an illusion. There's no just floating by through life. I'm just going to be uh, happy-go-lucky. The fact of the matter is, we've got to set roots and we've got to grow. And not only is it just a, a, a thing that Pastor Felix is saying, it is a principle in the Word that I'll be sharing with you. Here's this scripture. It's one of my favorite. Psalms 1, 1. It's 1 through 5, actually. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or take a seat in the company of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and he meditates on that law day and night. That person is like a tree planted, say planted, by the streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whose leaf does not wither, whose leaf does not wither. And whatever he does, prospers. Do you want to prosper this morning? So here's, I'm going to give you some key elements so that you can prosper. But I'm going to speak specifically to the spiritual things and to this, this house, this body of believers here. Yes, I know there's an extended body of believers, the body of Christ. I get that, but I'm talking about this house family right here. That makes sense? Can I do that? Yeah. All right, thank you. I was going to do it anyway, but thank you. I want to help you be more prosperous. Here's the thing. And, and uh, here's a scripture verse that says, But those who drink the water that I give will never thirst again. It becomes fresh and bubbling spring. This is the, the scene where Jesus is talking to the woman at the well. In the middle of the day, she comes out because she's, she, normally they have already gotten their water. But she doesn't get her water when the rest of the women get water. Why? Because she's been a little scandalous. She's been with five different men. The one she's with right now isn't her husband. Doesn't say whose husband it is, but let's just say she was popular, but not in a good way. She didn't come and get her water when the rest of the women got their water. She came in the middle of the day when it was the hottest, and guess who happened to be there? This is how the Lord works. He sets you up. In the middle of the day, Jesus sitting at the well. Well, you know, he could have just commanded the water to come up, but he's waiting. There was a divine appointment. Say divine appointment. You all are going to have divine appointments. You, if you haven't already, you will soon. And if you have, you're going to get more. Because that's the way the Lord works. Here she comes. He asks, hey, give me some water. And she's surprised that he's even talking to her. She's a Samaritan. She's, a, she's of another tribe. She, she's, she, that, that, that group is half, you know, uh, what we would call today mixed. And back then, the, the Lord talked about mixing because... Not because of race, but because of religion. I don't want anyone to get on a, some racist trip here. Well, that's why we got to stick with our own. No, be quiet. 
Shut your mouth. You don't know what you're talking about. It's because of religion. Because they worship this God. I don't want you to worship that God. And if you're over there, they're going to entice you to do that. That's what he's talking about. We've got to rightly divide the word. Long story short, he talks of a water that she can drink that she'll never thirst again. Lesson number one, we've got to drink the water of God's word. Jesus is the water. And throughout scripture, we see water representing different things. It is God himself. It is the spirit. It is the word. All of it is Christ. What does water do? Water washes. What does Christ do? It takes our sin away. He washes us with the blood. It renews. It refreshes. It brings life. It brings healing. It brings wholeness. Water represents life. How long can you last in a desert without water? They say three days, maybe a couple more. You gotta have water to live you got to have water to be fruitful the water that we speak of in this analogy today is the water of the word that's brought to you on sundays and on wednesdays and whenever we meet Mm. you guys ready rooted john 15 now this is an interesting verse Do we have anyone here that is just says, I'm awesome, I can read, and I have a great voice, and I want to read for pastor? I need to have any volunteers. No? Okay. So you'll have to listen to me read. But first, I'll just go, go with this. John 15, fine. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. Psalms 1, 3. A tree planted by the streams of water which bears its fruit in season. Proverbs 12, 12. But the godly are well rooted and bear fruit and bear their own fruit. Each of these scriptures talk about being rooted and those who are rooted have much fruit. Those who are rooted have much fruit. See, here's the thing. This, this plant here represents Oh my goodness, that's heavy. Represents you. This vase represents our church. It is well rooted. I'm pulling on that. It's not moving. Here's what happens. Let me give you an analogy. Sometimes we have folks, and I get it. There's different ways. There's different things going on. But, and please don't, I don't, I'm not talking about anyone specific. I'm just preaching what the Lord gave me. Hey, Jeremiah, can you come up here? I don't want to make a total mess. I need some help. There's a cloth back there. Can you lay that down? So what happens in church world sometimes? The minister will say something. He'll preach something that the Lord gave him, and someone's going to say, I can't believe he said that. They will take offense. Offenses aren't given. They're taken. They're taken, and they're nurtured. Look at what he said. I talked to him about something, and he preached, but no, I preach what the Lord gives me. There, you may have encountered that somewhere else, but I'm here to stand before you. I'm not in here for, for gain or for benefit besides kingdom gain and kingdom benefit. Does that make sense? Because this isn't a career move. Believe me, there's much less stress careers that I'd rather do. But I want to obey the call of God in my life. Amen. So therefore, that's, this is what I want to do because that's what God has in store for me. So what happens is someone gets offended. Pastor didn't say hi. 
He didn't shake my hand. He corrected me. So now I'm, I'm, here I am. This is you. You're planted, and you say, I'm offended. So I'm going to go over here to this church. Now, I'm trying to fit in this church here, but it doesn't seem to be going right. And so I'm going to stay there for a little while, but something's just, now you're going to complain about that pastor and that church. Well, now, okay, I've been there for a little while. I feel, and this is what's funny. There's a, I feel I heard from the Lord. God told me I've been released. Let me talk to you real quick about that. Oh, Jesus. Well, I know there comes times and seasons. Don't get me wrong. But in Hebrews, in two different places, in Hebrews 13, 17, it says, Obey your spiritual leaders, for they have watched over your souls as they must give an account. I'm not saying that. Scripture saying that. I'm not an egotistical, egomaniac. I did have someone bring to my attention that something that may have been um, misunderstood, and I want to bring clarification. Does anyone have a, um, an associate's degree? Raise your hand. Yeah, one, two, three. Anyone have a bachelor's of any sort of, or certificates? Thank you. Anyone have a master's? We've got a few master's. In the business profession, any doctorates? Any doctors in the house? Okay, maybe not. Some, you, maybe you're working on it. Here's the thing. Usually, in professions, you put that at the end of your resume. You put that after your signature, right? What does that indicate? This is what I know. If you have a master's degree, I know that you've spent quite a few years in school. You've done quite a bit of study. Regardless of what that degree is in, I know you're tenacious. I know you're a hard worker. I know that you've read a lot. You're a learner. Because I know what it takes to get that. And when you say on your resume that you have a master's, you're not bragging. You're just stating a fact. Well, I got up here and I shared one time, and I believe it got misunderstood. And thank you for the person who brought it to my attention. And I said, I am the bishop. I am the lead pastor, district overseer, whatever. And it, and it came across as though I was being egotistical or bragging. No, that was, if you know what that means in our denomination, you know how many years it took, you know how much study it took, you know how many tests I had to take, you know how many peer reviews I had to go through to achieve that. What I was saying was, I wasn't saying I'm the boss, what I'm saying is, I'm not some Johnny come lately, I'm not some hireling. Do you think at the first level of licensing, because I have the third, not to brag, but that's what I have, they wouldn't give this church to someone that had the first level of licensing. It's just a fact. I know. I talked to the state administrative bishop. Because at this location, you're also the district overseer, which has oversights of five other churches. And I got to pour into their lives as well. You don't just come in and say the Lord's Prayer, and then you get to teach the class. You see, that... That thing that it gives evidence of where you came from and where you are. Now, 
talking about scripture. There's a great responsibility. It says, obey your spiritual leaders because they have to give an account. And then in Proverbs 10, 25, it says, be a joy to pastors so that when they give an account, it will go well with you. So someday I will have to stand in front of the Father God in heaven and he's going to say, tell me about this person here. And I'll have to give an account. I'm not making that up. That's scriptural. So what will I say at that time when I give an account for you? And if there is divine spiritual authority and divine order, if anointing comes from the head down, how are you going to get it when you're out here? Let me, let me give it another way. If, if, if I am pouring into the life of the church, how is this plant over here going to get it? It's not. Furthermore, when someone, if, if, here's, hear my heart now. When someone says, oh, I hear from the Lord that, and it's time for me to go, and you haven't consulted the spiritual authority in your life, how do you know? Have you tested the spirits? How do you know that it is the time for you to go? If God placed the spiritual authority over your life, you're to operate within that framework. Why not come and pray together? For example, Pastor, I think my season's over. Can you pray with me about that? Absolutely I can. Because we know in Scripture, when, when, one, when one Christian went to another location, Paul would give a letter of recommendation. Please receive Faticus, a brother who has served well, and I send you with my blessing. Or it's a back door. So I'm going to go over here. I don't want to pass someone's going to preach today. I'm going to go over here and check out this church. Oh, I'm going to go sneak. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I don't like what's going on. So-and-so is going to preach. I don't like his preaching. I'm going to go more here. I'm go over here to this church. I'm going to listen to them preach. That's fine. That's good. You're out of order. You're out of order. Especially, especially if you have a role to play. Especially then. Because here's the thing. What God gave this pastor for that church may not be for you. It's for that church and those people and this time. And it's not for you. And you're going to sense that. Well, I'm led over here. I'm, I'm, I'm led over here. And that, that seems like a good fit. It seems like it's going to work. Because see, when I was over here, it, it, it see, you know... This, this seemed a little loose. They're a little loosey-goosey over here. Here's the thing. I, I didn't ask for this call. But I followed it because that's God's will. The other thing is, I'm not going to ask you to do something I'm not willing to do myself. Pastor Carl is in training right now. He's, he's passed his first level, it's called exhorters, and he's moving on to the second level, which is called ordained ministers, which is a long, rig, rigorous program. It's going to cost him money, it's going to cost him time, it's going to cost him material, it's going to cost him travel, and he's got to go through meetings with me every week. Uh, you'll see him in different roles, you're like, why is he over there? Because that's called the internship program ministerial internship program what he's on and here's the thing 
what you guys don't know, because he's shown himself approved, because God's favor is on him life, people are trying to recruit him out from underneath us right now. But I thank God that he's an obedient guy, and he knows that his place is here and now with us. And I got some people to talk to. I ain't lying. I got to talk to some of my own ministerial friends. Like, hey, man, back off. You want me to come up in your house and pick your fruit? He's the fruit of our tree. When it's time, when he's ripe, it'll, it'll happen naturally. But don't come up in my backyard picking the fruit off my tree. Back off, Jack. See, I'm, a, I'm willing to have those conversations as well. I'm not just talking to the tree. but I'm talking to the foxes that spoil the vine as well. Right? Because when you're called as a shepherd, you also got to protect the flock, not just feed the flock. And there's some, there's some wild doctrines out there. There's some things people are saying, and I got to guard against, I got to shield like I did this morning. I talked about this, this goofy Halloween thing. It was, in, it was out of innocence, but I had to correct it. I had to address it publicly because those things went out publicly. Right? I made a mistake while I was serving in a public role when I was younger. I, got, I have an older son. His name is Little Felix. He's six foot five. Little Felix is from a previous relationship. I was a greeter and public service, and here I had a child out of wedlock. I had to come before the church with a repentant heart and confess that. Some people would say, well, that was harsh. It was one of the best spiritual things that ever happened to me. Because if I'm willing to serve in public, i got to be accountable in public. Right? You can't serve in public and then carry on business off in the background and in the shadows and not come to account. It doesn't work like that. Well, you know what happened? One of, the, one of some of my closest prayer partners, they, they, they came and they hugged my neck after I, I repented and apologized. Because you know what? When you're in a public role, you... People see you and perceive you in a different manner. Whether you are a leader, they're going to perceive you as a leader if you're in a public role. Therefore, you've got to conduct yourself in such a manner, in a public way. So if there's something out there in public, just know I'm going to address you in public if you're in a public service. Now, here's the thing. Don't be scared. I'm like, well, I'm never going to serve there. He's going to call me out. No, stop. That's Satan lying to you. That's Satan lying. Because if you're working in the background, admittedly struggling with some things. Admittedly, you're not where you know you need to be. That's okay. There is that season of growing. We're going to let you grow until such time that you're ready to move into public. But know when you do move into public, it comes under greater scrutiny. There's more responsibility. Too much is given. Much is required. Amen? So listen, I'm not going to put you something in some place prematurely if you're not ready. We're going to let you be in a support role, in the background, or whatever else. Why? Because you've got to start somewhere. I started moving tables and cleaning toilets. And guess what? As the pastor here, the bishop, the district overseer and lead pastor, I've cleaned these toilets. I've moved these tables. I've worked on this roof, that basement, those trees, this yard. There's nothing here that I've... I'm not going to ask you to do something that I wasn't willing to do or I haven't already done myself. Now, 
If you come to pastor, hey, pastor, I'm ready to go, I can say, you know what? I think you're right. The season is done. I want to send you, I want to launch you with our church's blessing. I will write a letter to that pastor, a letter of introduction. Or in, if you're transferring from one church of God to another, there, there's a formal letter to transfer membership from one house to the other house. There's a way in an order which things should be done. Because here's the thing. Let me read this verse real quick. It's, it's, it's a little bit long, but I want to try to read it for you the best I can. Just bear with me. I'm going to get some water up in here. Cause... Mm -hmm. I am the true vine, and my father, he is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, will bear much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they are gathered them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. It's talking about hell. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done. By this my father has, is glorified that you may bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. As my father has loved me, I also love you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. There's some key things in this verse. We got to abide. We can't say, I don't want to be a part of this vine anymore. I want to go to that vine over there, and I'm just going to go. There's such a thing as grafting, but unless it's God's will, it doesn't happen. He also says, if you don't bear fruit, you're dead. He gets cut off, thrown away. That spoils the whole eternal salvation thing right there. If you don't bear fruit, you're cut off. Here's the interesting thing. Those that are bearing fruit, he prunes so you can bear much more fruit. Now, when we were growing up, it was interesting. We had this pear tree out front. I didn't even know it was a pear tree. To the neighbor, Miss Gertrude. I didn't really care for Miss Gertrude. You know, we just had a love-hate relationship. But one day, Miss Gertrude came over, and I don't even know what language she was speaking, but she came over to our tree. Started cutting my tree. Started. I'm like, Gertrude, what are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. She's trimming. She's doing things. I'm like, what is that lady doing over there? Because see right here, if you can see, those are brown. Those are dead. Things, leaves and foliage that are dead are sucking life that could go to the fruitful. 
so it need to be trimmed away. See, what happens is when you have an area in your life and God's revealing that and that needs to be dealt with, spiritual leaders in your life, mentors start coming and trying to help you trim that, you, you, you're trying to hide it. Don't, don't look at my, my uh, brown dead branches. Don't look at my stuff. You hide it and you run away and you go somewhere else and therefore this is sucking life out of you. Your bad habits, the sin the, the, that so easily entangles you, the distractions are sucking the life out of you and make you ineffective in kingdom work because we learned a few weeks ago that your lifestyle affects your prayer life, correct? So if you don't address these things, your prayers are going to be unfruitful. I want you to be fruitful, so we've got to address some things. We've got to have divine order. We've got to have structure. We've got to have excellence. But some don't want their, their branches trimmed, so they, they go off, they go over here, and it's loosey-goosey, and it's not working right. Guess what happened the following season? The following season, I realized it was a pear tree. How did I know it was a pear tree? It started producing fruit, which the previous several years it had not. I didn't even know what kind of tree it was. I thought it was just a cute tree in their front yard. She knew what kind of tree it was. She came over and pruned it. I didn't like the pruning process. I had some things to say about her who came over and tried to prune it. But what happened as a result of her coming over and pruning it, because she saw the potential, and she took away the unuseful thing. Come on. She took away those things that are unuseful, and in time and in season, it started producing fruit. Then I could say, oh, that is a pear tree. Not only does that pear tree produce pears or, or plums or whatever it was, those plums have a seed inside them that if those were planted would bear fruit as well. So I got to enjoy that tree. I'm like, yeah. One day I came home from church. I was a kid in the neighborhood with a sack filling that man. I'm, get away from my tree. I chased that guy down. Chased it. So here's the thing. She taught me something. And those who of you who, of you who are in, in, uh, into gardening and things of that nature, you see every season you can buy apple wood if you want to smoke because the, the farmers will trim the apple trees. It's good for smoking if you want to make jerky, things of that nature. We... That's a constant progress. In this scripture here, we say that God, even those who are fruitful, he will prune you to be more fruitful. Why? Because sometimes you're going to have sections and areas that aren't going to be good. But I want the rest to be healthy. So I've got to pick away the things that aren't working right. I've got to nurture it. I've got to, by the, by the word, I've got to give it some more nutrients. Word and fellowship, and, and service, and community, and outreach, and loving, and mentoring. Well, that's dirty. Pastor, get, 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 what are you doing? I don't want to get all dirty. I, I'm busy. I got stuff to do. I got to work. Listen, are you going to bear fruit or not? Right? We as a church have got to get to a place where we're bearing fruit again. We've got to get to that place where we are 
in the community. They know us. We got to be fruitful. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like useless branches and wither. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. John 15, 6. We are mandated by scripture to be fruitful. And my job as one of the servants of God, as a shepherd of this house, is to help you be fruitful. I know, listen, we, this, we had a great conversation Wednesday night. We talked about the giftings of the different pastors who have been here. Clearly, we had one who was in a, had an apostolic gift, who planted and structured. Later, then, you had a pastoring gift, who uh, built relationships and was loving. And now you have a prophetic teacher who brings order and structure. Those are the seasons and cycles of the church. It just so happened. Now, I, just as we are studying it, and they saw the gifts of the prophetic and the, the setbacks, they all started laughing. Like that. Because they could clearly see that was me, that God called for such a this season. See, I can't do the giftings and seasons of the past, but I can do the giftings of season that God's called to right now. So here's the interesting thing. Are you going to be rooted? Are you going to allow yourself to be pruned so that you can bear fruit? Or are you going to run and not fit somewhere else? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It may have happened. I ain't hating on you. Because what happens when you come back, we're going to take care of you. We're going to get you some right soil. We're going to help restore you. We're going to nurture you. We're going to pray with you. We're going to get you back into that place that you had wandered away from. But you're back. So we can have a right fit. We can get you back to that place where you can soon start producing fruit. That we can take away some of the things that are distracting in your life or point out, hey, listen, this area is it's not right. It's, it's taking you away from the Word of God. And we're going to trim a couple things that are just being a distraction in your life. And if you can do that, and you stay rooted, it, it wasn't until the next season that the neighbor's trimming took effect. Huh? Yeah. It wasn't until the next season. If you stay rooted, because see, while you think nothing's happening, by the outward appearance, the nutrients is going in. The root systems are spreading. The roots are going down deep. Why? Because when the tests and trials of time and the attacks of the enemy come and the winds of forces that are working against you come upon you, it's not going to blow you over like it was in this pot that it didn't belong in. But it's going to be firm once again. It didn't, it didn't belong in the other one. Let me preach. I got this. I got this. Now, when I picked that up, the whole thing came up because it was a right fit. It was nurtured. It was planted. It was watered. It was soiled. It was given all that it needed to. And in and time, in time, it's going to bear fruit. It's got to be the right fit. Where is God calling you? Is it, if he's calling you to this house, plant your roots, set them down deep, 
and let us grow together. If it's not, let's pray about it. Because this is something I wish other pastors would do. If, you, if you're, one of your flock is coming over to my, my sheepfold, let me know what I'm getting. Don't send, don't send me your broke leg, crooked neck, sheep, my, coming, trying to stir some junk up over here. Right? Huh? You, you keep them, you deal with it. Because we got to help them, right? I'm not going to send my, my problems to someone else. And here's the secret, guys. If, you, if you're offended and you leave, that offense goes with you. And someone's going to offend you there. You don't like the things around or here? If you get close enough over there, there's going to be something you don't like over there. The, the names may change, the faces may change, but the spirits remain the same. You just may have gotten close enough to see some of it and didn't realize sometimes ministry work gets dirty. Sometimes it gets messy. Our lives are messy. So don't think we're higher than the other. I got stuff I'm dealing with. I share, I'm, I'm very transparent with you. Some people say I'm too transparent, but I'm, what I want you to know is I don't think I'm any better. I'm preaching from experience. And we can grow together. Our roles are just different right now. Maybe you got the call in your life and someday you're going to pastor, but just be aware what you do today, you're reaping and you're going to sow under your leadership. How you serve me in this house and serve God here under my direction is how they'll do you when your time comes. And in your ministry. You may not be a full-time pastor, but you might lead something. And how you do other people is how it's going to get done to you. Because what you reap, you sow. So as we go through this process and in this season, clearly there's some places you don't belong. And there's some places you do. Let's be prayerful about it. And be careful when you say, I heard from God. And God told me thus and so. Be careful. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Lord, the Holy Spirit's moving right now. Be careful when you say that. Because when you make a public declaration that God told you this, here I am in public. Everybody knows my life. I get, I get criticized. I get ridiculed. I get talked about. That's okay. Before I used to fret about that stuff, but I'm a little bit more seasoned now. I'm like, hey, look in the mirror. But in this season, this time, doesn't mean that I don't have things I got to work on. I'm admitting that to you. But what I'm saying is when you start making public confessions like God told me this, now you're under the spotlight. Now, and the Lord's going to judge you on it. If it's not coming from him, we're going to get to hearing about God. I'm going to preach about that. I'm going to talk about testing the spirits because I'm sure something's talking to you. I'm sure something's talking to you. I'm not guaranteed that it's always the, go- the Holy Ghost or the Lord that's talking to you. Because spirits have voices. Let me give you an example real quick. You want to hear an example? All right. So when it comes time to tithe, you hear all kinds of stuff in your head. Well, if you give that, you're not going to have enough for this. The money's not talking. The money's just a tool. I would dare say it's one of the many spirits of mammon that is talking to you. Lack, limitation, greed, and want. 
It's one of those spirits that is talking to you when it comes. It's funny. Their voices get really loud and clear when it's tithing time. Pastor's asking for another seed. He wants us to give me all. He's always asking for Mm, and all these voices that go through it, that's the spirits talking to you. Can you rightly divide those spirits? Can you test them? Do you know which one is God and which one's not? Because clearly they both have an audience in your head. Which reminds me, we've been asked to help the victims of Hurricane Doreen. Are you guys okay with helping them? All right, for the five of you, we're going to bring out our chest. We're going we're gonna to give a love offering for uh, uh, the hurricane victims of Doreen. That they're still recovering. So spirits talk to you. Be careful to know that it is truly God that is talking to you when you say, I heard from God and he told me not to go to church. I heard that. And someone was like dead set. I heard from God. He told me not to go to church. I'll jump ahead real quick. In this word, he says, don't forsake the gathering together of the saints if some are in the custom of doing. God is not a man that he should lie, and he's not going to contradict himself. So I, I think you heard something, but I don't think it's from who you think it was from. And Paul tells us to test the spirits that we may know who's talking to us. You can test the spirits in a few ways. And one of the ways is whatever you're hearing has got to line up with God's word. Right? Which also means you've got to know what God's word says. Rightly divided. Front to back. Back to front. And then do it again. And then come in on Wednesday night so we can discuss it. And we can dive into it. And do it everything else. Yeah, there's some good teachers out there you can find on YouTube. But this is where you're called to. Right here in this house. Right? Yeah, there's some good teachers out there. Absolutely. But the message they have for their congregation in this season may not be what God has given me for you right now here in this season. And if you're running around, all these other, listen to all these other shepherds that you're not a part of their flock, I would dare say you're not going to see the fruit because your roots aren't growing deep because you're too busy bouncing around. Does that make sense? So here's what we got to do. And, I, and I'm wrapping up with this. I want to encourage you. Be fruitful. Set your roots. Dig in. And, and enjoy the process. Because it's in the journey. That's what we talk about later. You know, I don't talk about when I box. I didn't talk about the, 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 the time that the guy was a chump and he was a punk and I beat him up. I don't talk about that one. I talk about the time where it was a battle. Well, he busted me in the eye, and I couldn't see, and he hit me in the nose, and I'm bleeding down the back of my throat. I can't breathe. I can't see him, and he's still coming, and I recovered, and, he, and we're trading licks and going back and forth. Those are the ones you talk about. It's the battle. It's the process. Some of you are trying to avoid the battle. Some of you are trying to avoid the process. Let God get finished pruning you. Get done with that season. If you're, uh, uh, if you're in this congregation, you need to take the ownership class. You've got to know what it means to be part and own. Not just attend. You're part of the family. Ownership. You got to take the spiritual gift class so you know what your giftings are and understand the giftings of others so we can operate together. You got to figure out what role and what ministry you can start in and what God's calling you to. 
If you're not doing those things, you're not being rooted. You're not being pruned. You're not trying to bear fruit. I want to encourage you. Enjoy the process. Get engaged. Get involved and bear much fruit. Because here's the thing. When you stay rooted, the trees with the deepest roots that are properly maintained produce the best fruit. If we look at fruit also as blessing, then that's when you're going to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've bore much fruit. You've brought honor and glory to my name because you were fruitful. Remain in him and he will remain in you. Obey his commandments. His commandments. I just want to encourage everyone this morning. There might be some things in your life that are distracting you. I get it. I've been there. I've done that. And I had a rough week this week. But I want to encourage you. Press in. Go to your prayer closet. Turn off the radio. Start praying while you're driving. Some of you need to anyway. Call a brother and sister. I had to text a, a, a friend from my home church. I'm like, I'm battling. I'm battling right now. I need some backup. Please pray for me. On it. On it. I love you. I'm praying for you. And, I, and then within the hour, I could start to feel something changing in the atmosphere. I know that might sound weird to some of you, but what, I, what I'm trying to say is I felt his prayers starting to work. I started putting on some praise and worship music so I can get my mind right. Turn off all the distractions and just take a little God time. You can do it. I have to do it. Let's be fruitful together. Let's reach this community and beyond. Within, within a season, I want to see all these seats filled. I want, within a season, I want to go to two services if we have to. Within a season, I want to see new, new salvations, new baptism, new servants coming in. Within a season. That, that's not too much to ask because that's according to God's will. He wants it. But that means that those who are here got to be rooted, got to be faithful, got to operate in excellence. So as the music plays, I just want to want you to rise to your feet. Let's ask the Holy Spirit, what is he speaking to us right now? What, if anything, is he challenging you with right now? And ask yourself this question, Holy Spirit, where can I improve? Am I rooted? Am I allowing myself to be pruned? Or am I bouncing? Or am I moving? Where can I improve? Holy Spirit, speak to us. Just lift your hands up and surrender to him. Father God in heaven, I come to you now in Jesus' precious name. I ask that your spirit come right now and minister to us. Speak to us. Let us know what it is that we can do better, Father God. What things do we got to prune out of our own life, Father God? You know our, deep, our deepest, darkest secrets. Father, you know, Father God, if there's anything offensive in us, we lay it at your feet. We get rid of it. And Lord, when we struggle with it again tomorrow, give us strength to overcome. Let us call upon you in those moments of temptation. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me, Father God, from the traps and the snares of the enemy. Deliver me from the evil one, Lord. Father, we need you. I'm nothing without you. You are the vine. I am the branch. And if I remain in you and you remain in me and your word remains in me, I'll bear much fruit. Lord, I want us all, all your people now that you love so much, I want us all, Lord, to bear much fruit. Prune us, Lord. 
do what you got to do and help me to endure it, Father God. Help me to bear it. Have your way. Have your way in me. Have your way in me. Jesus, have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. Begin to just give those things to him, whatever it is. Give it to him in your mind, in your heart, with your lips. Lord, I give you all those things. Lord, I give you my insecurities. Lord, even though you've called me to do this work, I feel inadequate. I feel insecure. Lord, I give you my insecurities. Lord, I give you my ego. I give it to you. I exchange it, Father God. Give me your peace. Give me your presence. Give me your security. Wrap your loving arms around me. Abba, Father. Abba, Father. I thank you, Lord, for hearing us. Thank you that you're faithful and just to forgive us those things that we've confessed. Thank you, Lord, for exchanging it for joy. Thank you, Lord, for strengthening us. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Lord, you are worthy. You are a good God, a gracious and merciful God. Begin just to worship him. He's faithful to, to forgive us. He paid an ultimate price. Just tell him how much you love him, how much he means to you. Lord, you're a good God, a faithful, merciful father, full of grace and mercy and love. But you're also a just God, mighty. Lord, I fear you. Not as a tyrant, but just your sheer power and who you are. The sun that lights up this world is just a marble in your pocket. Father, you are mighty. All-inspiring God, we thank you. Uh.